Hey, what's up, homies? Time for another episode of your favorite podcast, the Homies Real Estate Podcast. This is Anthony. I'm Angel. I'm a realtor. I'm a lender. And hopefully together we can give you a pretty good idea of what's happening in this crazy real estate market. We're going to go back to the basics for this one, right? So I want to address pre-approving for a loan and what the difference is between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. So I have Angel with us. This is what he does for a living. So I'm going to hand it over to him. Angel, what is the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval? Yeah, so I'll be honest. A lot of lenders, they interchange that word, right? And I've probably been guilty of it a few times. But um, really, a pre-qualification is just kind of like when you when you go on, let's say, if you've ever been on Quicken Loans or Better Rate Mortgage or some of these online banking bankers, right? You just put in your information. My credit score is this much. I make this much money. I have this much debt. But none of it's actually viewed by a professional, right? It's just a computerized approval saying or qualification saying, based on what you said here today, you would qualify for this much, right? But it doesn't guarantee anything because nothing has actually been reviewed by an actual loan officer, right? And saying, okay, these what you're saying on your income checks off, which, which shows on your W-2s, which shows off on your pay stubs, right? Your credit score is showing off when we run your credit, you have the same FICO score. So a pre-qualification is just, more, I would say like it's kind of an estimate, right, of what you qualify for, but nothing concrete, nothing for sure. While as a pre-approval, kind of like I mentioned right now, we actually review those documents and we say, okay, you, we ran your credit. You have this, you have this credit score. You're making this much every year. These are your debts on your credit report. Um, based on that, you qualify for this much, and it's a legitimate. It's more of a legit number, right, or an accurate number of how much you do qualify for. Absolutely, and one key point in all this is that. They do run your credit. It's necessary in order to get that pre-approval. And that pre-approval letter, not the pre-qualification letter, the pre-approval letter is what realtors want when reviewing offers because they're gonna be like pre-qualified, but are they really able to purchase this home? And more than likely, they're gonna move forward with someone that has the pre-approval letter or someone that has a DU, which Angel, what is a DU for them? So yeah, a DU is referred to, or just in general, the general term is automated underwriter. So basically there's two of them, it's called a DU or an LP. Don't want to get too much into like the, the exacts of it, but the basic the basic concept is, is we take your loan application, we run it through a software, all banks have the software, they run it through it, and if it approves it through the system, basically saying, you as a, me as a loan officer, if I put everything correct in the loan application, then you shouldn't have no you should have no um, trouble once you're in escrow of getting your loan approved with the bank. Absolutely. So again, pre-qualification probably not going to get your offer accepted. Pre-approval much better chance. Angel, let's go into what it takes to get pre-approved. So you know one of the things is income. Can you elaborate on this? Yeah. So I'll go over it first. Um, wage earners or W two earners, right? So these are people who are you guys are employed by the company. Um, every year you guys get your W-2s at the end of the year, right? So we're gonna need two years of that, 2019 and 2020 uh, for this year. And then obviously next year we can get your W-2s, we'll use those. Um, and then we also need a month of your pay stubs, right? So your W-2s are gonna l- let us have an idea of how much you've been making over the last two years. You know, the bank wants to see there's consistency in that income. If there's a decline in income, we have to, you know, we're going to ask you, what's that reason as to why your income's declined? And then as that happens, 
Um, we're gonna also review your pay stubs, seeing that um, that your income is aligning with your past income as well, right? So we just wanna see consistency from your income this year currently, and then your income for the last two years. If there's not a consistency, what's the reason behind that? Absolutely, okay. And then, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I almost forgot. I don't wanna forget about you self-employed people, right? So self-employed, for you guys, you obviously don't have W-2s, or maybe some of you do, pay yourselves out, then we use that as well, your W-2s if you pay yourself. But um, we look at your taxes, right? So rather you have a corporation, you have 1120s, or you have 1040s, you know, um, your Schedule C's on your 1040s, we look at that, so over the two years, and we average it over two years, or if your, if your income has declined in the last year, then we just average it over, the last, over that last year. So in 2020, if your income declined, we use your 2020 income, right? And key thing for you self-employed people, it's not your gross income. So a lot of times I ask self-employed people, how much do you make? They say, I make 150,000, but then really I look at their taxes and their net income is only like 40,000, right? We look at net income and that's very critical. Obviously the beauty of being a homeowner, is, I mean a, a business owner, is you get to write things off, but the unfortunate part is when you're purchasing a home, uh, we can't go with that gross income, right? We have to use the net. Yeah, thank you, Andrew, for elaborating on that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask you what the difference between self-employed and W-2 earner, so thank you for giving that explanation. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing that a lender is gonna be looking at is proof of assets. So explain a little bit about this, Angel. Yeah, so the bank's obviously gonna wanna know where's your money coming from, right? Um, so there's th several places you, you, know, you could get your money from, right, as far as your down payment. Um, main thing is it has to be seasoned in your bank account, right? That's the key thing. So you could have money from your account, from your bank account for the last two months, right? So the bank wants to see that your closing costs and your down payment have been in your bank account for the last two months. Um, if you have a 401k um, or some other type of retirement plan that allows you to take out money, that is also an option. If you have stocks, if you have other type of you know mutual funds, anything like that, that you can liquidate, you can also use that as well, right? Um, if you have a family member, maybe your mom or your dad, saying, hey, I'm gonna pay your down payment, I'm gonna pay your closing costs, they can do that as well. We just need one month of their bank statements, right? So um, there's pretty much any money that's uh, a verifiable source, we can use, right? As long as it's coming from somewhere that we can, um, we can verify and, and prove that it's been seasoned there, there shouldn't be any issue using it. Gotcha. So I think another important point is that this money does need to be liquid, right? Because we can have assets, we can own homes, we can own cars, right? They're technically assets because we own them outright. But you cannot just pull that money out and purchase, right? It has to be liquid at that point. Yeah. So that's something that's very, very important. You know, Definitely. the third thing lenders are looking for is good credit. Elaborate on this. Um, yeah, so... It all depends on what lender right now, especially with COVID. Some of them changed what you which what's required to what credit scores required to qualify. Right, there's different programs. Um, the general rule is most lenders are going to say 620. Right, 620 credit score is what you're going to need for an FHA loan. Right, so um, you can some lenders are going to allow up to as low as 580, but honestly, in my opinion, it doesn't make sense for you as a borrower to come in with not with um, having a credit score less than 620 just because interest rates aren't as good. That DU that we were speaking about is harder to get approved. Different, uh, it's, just, it's just a harder process, right? 620 and up, 
you know, preferably over 640, 660 is even better. But 620, you're still getting a good interest rate. Should have no problem getting the approval the approval from the system. So um, that's to get an FHA loan. And then credit, I always tell my clients, credit, the main credit's going to be good for two things, right? One's going to determine your interest rate, and two is going to determine what, what programs are available to you. So the higher your credit score, the more options are going to be available, right? So maybe you're looking at down payment assistance. They, they require a little bit higher credit scores. Conventional definitely want to going to be in the, you know, I recommend the 700s and then FHA. So now you have more options. Whereas if you're at 620, every lender is going to give you the FHA option because that's really the only one available to you. Absolutely. So that's great to know. Remember, the two things are you'll have more options available and then also it's going to impact what interest rate you get. So the next thing that lenders are looking at is employment verification. So what does this mean, Angel? Yeah, so this is a big one, right? Um, we need to see that, that you have steady income, right? Or that you have steady employment, very important to the bank. as They want to make sure that you're getting the money back, right? So they're going to want to see a two-year history of you making um, money in the same job or same field, right? That you have a two-year history of working. Um, so if you have that, then that's perfect. Then you have no, you have, you'll have no problem qualifying. Is there a way around this two-year history? Yes, there is um, in some cases. And that, and particularly, is pretty much one case, right? It's if you have some type of um, degree, doesn't have to be a, a bachelor's degree, master's degree, it just has to be a degree or a certificate in a specific field, and you can apply that to your job, right? So you can go to trade school, you can go to, um, you know, have a bachelor's degree, associate's degree, something, some type of degree that's gonna pertain to the job you have now, if you if that's the case, you can use the income right away because your history at a at um, trade school, your history at an at a maybe at a community college or at a at a university that counts as your work history, right? So that's the way you can get around that two year history. If you don't have that, then you are gonna have to build a two year history in order to obtain um, a qualification. Gotcha. Okay, sounds good. That makes sense. Uh, so the last thing. And the fifth and final thing that lenders are going to be looking at to get you pre-approved for a loan so you can make an offer on a home is going to be forms of documentation, right? You know, which yeah. forms of documentation are you going to be looking at? Yeah, so it's like just, just identification, you know, documentation. So your ID, um, your social security card. If you're here on a green or you have a green card permanent residence, you're going to need to see that. If you're here on DACA or work permit, we're going to need to see your work permit. So just those those documentations, just to basically, of course, verify your identity um, and make sure that everything on the loan is is actually you, you know, in a sense, right? Make sure everything's correct on the loan. Okay, awesome. That yep, identification is really important in getting pre-approved for a loan. I can't argue that. Yeah. <laughs> so Angel, we we kind of went over, you know, what the difference between pre-qualification, pre-approval is, the five things that you need to get pre-approved for a loan. Now, what's one tip you want to give to somebody looking to get pre-approved? Yeah, I hate saying it because I say it a lot, but it's just really, really important. It's going to save you a lot of time and um, potentially headaches right later down the road. You're going to, you know, you're probably, you know, you're going to home, for example, you you never talked to a lender, you've never been pre-qualified or, you know, pre-approved, let alone pre-qualified, right? Just the basics. You've never even done that. And you want to make an offer on the home. And by the time you want to make an offer, you still have to go through this whole process, which depending on the lender can take time. You know, some lenders are a little quicker. You know, I try to get mine done within the day, within the next day. 
depending on you know what the schedule looks like, right? Or some lenders, if, especially if you go to like a big bank, they're gonna take a few days a lot of times just to even get you an appointment and get everything reviewed. So by the time you have your pre-approval, that home can be an escrow, right? So um, it's very important to be pre-approved, not only because you might wanna make an offer, but to even know if you can make an offer on that home, right? Because maybe you don't even qualify for that property. So you know exactly what you qualify for, you know what your monthly payment is, you know how much money you need to put down. All these are very important. And for anybody who's scared, it honestly isn't a scary process, right? So it doesn't hurt to come talk to, to somebody, to us. It's absolutely free. I'm, I'm pretty sure most people, it's not gonna cost you a penny. So it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt to go out there and talk to somebody and see how they could help you. Absolutely. So I can't stress that enough. Uh, try to get pre-qualified or pre-approved before you look at homes. Last thing you want to do is fall in love with the home, and then something comes up. Something comes up in your credit report, or for some reason you don't qualify, and you just wasted a tremendous amount of time, got your hopes up, and you're not able to make an offer on the home. So, uh, Angel, that's a really great tip, homies. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Next week is a Halloween, so. Um, I'm excited for Halloween. I'm excited to bring this podcast to you again. This is Anthony. I'm Angel. Angel, where can we find you? I have your mortgage angel on Instagram. And take care, trick-or-treaters. Have a great day. Love you all. Thank you. Hey, homies, it's Anthony. This podcast contains my opinions and is for educational purposes only. It does not guarantee any projections and should not serve as a basis for any purchase or sale in real estate.